Good evening. Glad to see you guys here tonight. Let's see here. Um, announcement of greatest importance. I, well, they're all important, but uh, this coming Sunday morning, uh, we're having a candidate tryout for pastor. After the AM service, we'll be having lunch back in the fellowship hall. Uh, they ask that we bring sides and or dessert. Uh, I think the church is supplying the entree. <laughs> I guess that's what you call it. Anyway, so that will be after church. Um, if you have a question, uh, there is a um, notepad, the letter-sized notepad on the information booth. Uh, that you would like to have asked why just write your question down and then somebody with a microphone will read the questions off uh, and make it a little easier because uh, I know some people are not real crazy about talking in the microphones <laughs> it takes them getting used to but after you get used to it you don't ask me how I know <laughs> but anyway so those the just remember that if you have a question that you'd like to have asked Write it on that. There's a yellow notepad back there on the information desk. Write it down, and then they'll have somebody read out those questions um, for the candidate. And then uh, the candidate will be preaching Sunday night. And then after the Sunday service, we'll have a business meeting and a vote. So be in prayer. Be in prayer. Be in prayer. Be in prayer. <laughs> uh, we, we want God's will. And so we want to keep that in mind. Um, other announcements? Uh, Saturday, June the 3rd, <coughs> men's Bible study in the fellowship hall at 8.30. Uh, June the 17th, uh, men's breakfast uh, in the fellowship hall at 8.30. Um, and then on June 20th at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall, uh, the heart-to-heart uh, -heart will be me and Lori Franks. Is that right? Lori Franks will be speaking uh, in that, that that ought to be kind of interesting, I would think, to sit there and have somebody be as close as she was and as sick as she was, and she's up and moving around. That's just the the hand of God, and it should be powerful. Uh, remind the prime timers that are listening and are here uh, because of Memorial Day weekend this weekend. We won't have prime timers uh, till June the twenty fourth, and so. We'll, uh, we'll be getting together with you about that one. So keep that in mind as well. So remember all these uh, <clears throat> in your prayers, and let's just pray for God to guide and direct us. Let's stand together, if you will. <coughs> let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's invite the presence of the Holy Spirit tonight in our midst and ask him to guide and direct us in all that we do. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, we do thank you, and we praise you, Lord, again for the privilege for the opportunity we have to be in your house. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are God. And Lord, that you are in control 100% of the time. Father, whether it looks like it or not does not matter. We know that you control all things. Lord, that you are in charge of this world, this universe. Um, you may not be in charge of those who have decided not to follow you, but Lord, you're still in charge of all that goes on. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are 
the kind of God that cares about us and, and, and takes care of us regardless of what those around us do. And I just thank you for that, Father. We just ask you, Lord, to have your way in our service tonight. Bless every heart and life that is here. Holy Spirit, touch us, minister to us, and so that we can minister to others. And in, so that we that as you minister to us, Lord, that we as we minister to others, that same ministry that we've received, we give to somebody else and helps them and encourages them and strengthens them. And I pray, Father God, Lord, did you just move. We give you, Holy Spirit, complete and total control in this place tonight. You have your way. You do what you need to do, what the Father desires to have done in this place tonight. And Father God, we thank you for it all in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Remain standing. Let's join Sister Julie. Bow down and the seas will roar at the sea. 
trust him at all times. He has delivered me from all fears. He has set my feet upon her.
Can we just take time to worship Him? All of those things that that song says He is and in abundance. Father, we thank You, Lord, that we can adore You because, Father God, You are everything we need You to be in our hearts and lives. I thank You, Father God, that You are our shield, our strength. Our portion, you're our deliverer, you're our strong tower, you're a very present help in time of need. Father God, everything. Lord, as the psalmist would so eloquently put it in his psalms, he would give you honor and praise for everything that he needed in his life. He finds in you. And Lord God, we also as your people, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory tonight, Father, because you are great and mighty and powerful. You are love. You are life. You are peace. You are joy. You are contentment. You are Lord God of all. You are the Lord God Almighty. And you reign over this world. You reign over this universe that you have created. And it all follows your command. It all follows your orders. God, may we be like the universe. May we be like the universe and follow your commands and follow your orders, knowing, Lord God, that as we follow you, as we obey you, as we walk in faith with you and towards you, Father God, the very best that you have to give is ours through Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you tonight. We praise you tonight, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. You may be seated tonight. Brother Dennis, Sister Julie, again, my heartfelt thanks and gratitude for leading us into the presence of the Lord. And I say this a lot, but, uh, you know, she pretty well sung my sermon, so we can go home, right? <laughs> uh, but the Lord, I appreciate a person that, like Sister Julie, that really talks to the Lord, and he just fits it all together so well. She has no idea what I'm going to say, and I have no idea what she's going to sing, and the Lord does, and he takes care of it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer one more time. We're going to take the needs and prayer requests uh, that you might have and that are on our prayer list, our prayer request list. Remember all of these. Uh, just those you think about. If you don't have a prayer list, get a hold of it and, and write all these down and pray for them. Yes, my faith, wife faith. My wife faith. Y'all excuse me. It's been a busy day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is Sylvia Moore's, right? Okay. Yeah, Sylvia Curtis's uh, son Scott, uh, severe back pain. 
but we just, you know, I know a God who doesn't, he doesn't matter if you're on a cruise ship or not. He doesn't care about that. He don't matter if you're on a deserted island somewhere. He, he cares about his people. So we want to hold Scott up in our prayers tonight that the Lord will just heal him and relieve the pain and the pressure and all that's going wrong and just touch and heal him Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. So let's remember Scott tonight. Anyone else got a need you mentioned or one you know about we need to pray about? Yes, Brother Ron. Brother Ron wants to get rid of a cough. And so does his wife want him to get rid of it. <laughs> they, are, they are irritating. When they don't go away and won't quit, they, I, I totally understand. It's, it's not fun. But uh, God heals. And I believe he heals. So we're going to pray for Brother Ron tonight. The Lord will heal him as well. Anyone else? Miss Carol. Yes. Amen. So let's remember uh, Sister Carol's Bible study group in the nursing home. There's the the nursing facility. I don't, I don't like using that word nursing home. I don't like <laughs> I thought many of them were not fun. But anyway, but the Lord's able to touch them and minister to them and through her. Miss Linda, my name will fix it. Okay. Yeah. Um, some, something caught fire to a refinery at Winniewood, and two people got, I guess, hopefully just injured, but nothing any worse than that. But still, that can't be fun. Fire is never, and refineries are full of all kinds of stuff that will burn quick and hot. So just remember them in our prayers, and remember Ryan. Okay. Anyone else? Don't have to write these down because if I don't, I forget. <laughs> All right. Let's stand together again together one more time, if you would, please. And if you can. And let's take these knees to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father God, as we come before you, we just thank you, Lord, because you are the God who heals. We thank you because you are the God who delivers. You are the God who restores. You are the God who enables us to walk day by day by the help and grace of the, your help and your grace, your mercy and your grace, your, your, your sustaining power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we are just so grateful tonight that we have the privilege to call upon your name and realize, Father God, that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all we are able to ask or think according to the power that works within us. And Father, as we come to you tonight, we pray, Lord, for every name on this prayer list, on our, our prayer sheet, Lord God, minister healing, minister deliverance, provide Lord the, the, the needs, Lord God, they, they may be physical, they may be uh, material, they may be financial but Lord God, you know what they are and Father, we're just asking you Lord to minister to each and every one of these needs
needs tonight on our prayer list. Lord, to minister in our church, help us, Holy Spirit, to hear your voice this coming this Sunday, Lord, that, Lord God, we will just hear your voice, and, Lord, we will hear what you have to say to us, Lord, that we will know how that we're to, to, to respond. We're to, we will know how, Lord God, what your will is, and, Lord God, because that's what is most important in our hearts and lives. Father, I pray for these needs tonight. We pray for Scott Moore. Father God, we're asking you right now in the name of Jesus to stretch forth your hand, Lord, and touch and heal his body. Lord, just minister a relief from the pain, oh God. And just give him, Lord, the mobility that he needs to, Lord God. And just help him, Lord, to be able to get up and to begin to enjoy his time, Lord, on this on this vessel, Lord God. And, Lord, just minister healing to him. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that he be healed from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. That the mighty power of God and the Holy Spirit of God will just rest upon him and lift him up, Father God. And that he will feel right now, even now, Father God, he will feel in his body the power of God being made manifest in him, spirit, soul, and body as well, Father. And we just thank you for that. Father, we pray, Lord, for Brother Ron tonight. Lord, I just pray that you would touch his lungs. Lord, all of the respiratory system of his body, Father God, that right now, in the name of Jesus, it be healed. Whatever's obstructing, whatever's causing the problem, Lord, the very root of the problem, Lord, we command it to be healed in the name of Jesus and Lord God that the coughing will stop and all the discomfort will stop and healing will flow from your mighty hand tonight Father God and we just thank you for it Lord God in advance for what you're doing we pray, Lord God, for Sister Carol and, and her ladies group, Lord, that she's uh, meeting with, Lord, at these, at these homes. I pray, Father God, that you will just touch their hearts and touch their lives. Holy Spirit, just help them to know, Father God, that they are, that you are right there with them, that Holy Spirit is there to help them. Lord, even in a, in a circumstance that they may not enjoy or may not really have, be, take a lot of pleasure in, but Father, you can still show yourself mighty in their behalf half and we're praying Lord God that you will do that for them and minister to them and minister through them Lord God as they begin to study your word with Sister Carol Lord God and just lift them up Father, we pray, Lord, for Ryan Searcy today. Uh, Father God, ask you, Lord, to heal his body. Lord, minister to every need. Lord, every part of his body that's injured, every part of his body that's uh, not functioning correctly, we pray, Father God, it be healed and begin to function correctly, that healing take place. Lord God, that pain be gone and that you just lift him up and, Lord, help him to know that you're right there to guide and direct him. Father, we pray also for the, the families uh, and the two men. Lord, that were injured in, in the refinery in Winniewood. Father, we just ask you, Lord, we don't know who they are. We don't know their condition, but Father, you know them. And we pray, Lord, that you will minister healing to them, speedy recovery in their bodies. Lord, and just minister to their families as well. Help them to know. Have them, help them to have a peace, Father God, that says, my God's in control. Everything's going to be okay. And Father, we just pray you minister to them, spirit, soul, and body as well. 
Father, we pray, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit as we study your word tonight. Guide and direct us, and Lord, anoint our mind, anoint, our, Lord, the, 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 our lips and, and this, this tongue. Lord, to speak the words that you would have spoken, Lord, that it may minister life to the hearer and that it may minister strength and encouragement to those that need to hear it tonight. And, Father God, for all of these things, we give you the praise and the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. <coughs> this, uh, and I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm just kind of stating facts. This has been a busy week. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. I think at a cemetery, everything would be just pretty low-key. Nah. So... We've been busy. I told my wife, I said, the preacher better be good tonight. That's all I got to say. <laughs> he, he had better be good. <coughs> I'll find my notes. I wrote them. Fine. Okay. Go to, there they are. Did you ever have one of those days? Here we go. Matthew chapter 7. And I want to read verses 7 through 11. It's very familiar to most of us that have been in church. And we hear a lot about this. But I was, of all things, and this may sound odd to you, but I was push mowing my yard Saturday. And the Lord kind of laid this on my heart. But you stop and think about it. It don't take a lot of intelligence to push mow a yard. You just keep, if, you, if the grass is high enough, all you got to do is just start cutting where it ain't cut before. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard. But, you know, I, I, I talk about, I think about things and I talk to the Lord about things. But in, in this particular portion of Scripture uh, that I want to look at tonight, it, it's, it's something, and I've thought about, how sad in the world that you and I live in people do not understand how good God really is and if I had had my title Sherry says she liked my title because she could spell it but it's simply called Our Good Father but when we stop and think about, and I've thought about, I can think of verses, and I say this, if I don't write them down, I can't remember exactly where all they are. But I, can, I know what the Bible says. If you start in the book of, of Genesis, and you start looking at all God does, and you start looking at those people that follow God, and those people that will obey Him and, and do the things He says, what you will find, if you'll study it out long enough, that God is a man of His Word. He's a God of His Word. He's not a man. He's a God of His Word. You will find that those who follow Him, yes, they have difficulties. Yes, they have trials. Yes, there are sometimes tribulations that come into their life. Life happens to everybody. But for the child of God and for those that have followed God from, from Genesis all the way through to Revelation, for those that follow God, God shows himself to be good. But there is, there is, a, a, there is an, an, act, an active, Satan has been active ever since the Garden of Eden 
trying to convince people that God is not good. That God is just mean. He's out to get you. Well, in a sense, He is out to get you. He's out to get you to make you one of His children. To make you a part of His family. And we have that here tonight. That, that's part of, of who we are as God's people, as, as far as Christians are concerned. We are God's family. We are His children. Now, I've heard this said, I want to repeat it because I've heard it said a lot of times. God does not have any grandchildren. God does not have any nieces or nephews or anything or cousins or nothing like that. God only has children. Now, that can be, you can take that and you can go several different sermons several different ways. One of the things for me, it means I cannot rely on your relationship with God to get me into heaven. I cannot rely on my mother's relationship with God to get me to heaven or my grandmothers and, and, and my, my grandparents and those, those people that I went to church with all of my life or most of my life, especially my young life. I mean, we were all in church together. My great-grandmother was alive, and uh, we went to First Church, First Pentecostal Homeless Church, Oklahoma City, Ninth and Blackwilder. <laughs> I mean, that's, the, that's probably the very first church I was in after I was born. Sunday morning, if I was, we went, they went to church. I'm sure I got carried to church. And I went, you know, all of my life. And not, well, not there, but that's where I started. My grandmother, great-grandmother was there. My grandmother and, and her, a uh, lot of her sisters and their family. I mean, we could sit there. We took up nearly, I mean, a whole section. It wasn't a section. We had those, uh, you remember the, the folding uh, theater chairs, you know, the little the ones that little kids just can, it's so easy to get your legs caught in them because you want to stand up in the back of the seat and it folds and, and pins you between the, the seat back and the, that that pad it it's not funny trust me i've been there done that don't want to do it again but we we filled up that but i have that privilege of knowing that my family that we went to church together i've got pictures somewhere you know with my my uh, great grandmother and my my grandmother and my mother and myself you know my little brother you know and there's pictures in front you know, on the side of the church that on a east had to be easter everybody had flowers and and you know they were decked out to the you know like nobody's business of course we're talking the uh, late well we're probably talking the early 60s by that time you know but it was that was something but it, and it's good to have that but i cannot rely on their relationship with god it can help point me in the right direction it can help me see how God will bless and how God will honor his word and how God will do those things. But I have to know that for myself. I have to make that decision. So think about that. We'll, that that's not kind of a little side note, but we'll, we, it's, it's still good for us. We can, but we live it. People, if the, if the one thing that we as Christians and we as parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, if we have that that title, the best thing that you can leave your family is a firm relationship with God the Father, with Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of your life, and with the Holy Spirit as your teacher and guide and comforter. That's the best thing. You can leave them millions and millions and millions of dollars if you want to. 
But the best thing we will ever leave them is a foundation that is based on God Almighty through Jesus Christ. That's the best, that's the best gift they're ever going to get. That's the best inheritance. You know, Paul talks about it uh, with Timothy and, and his grandmother and grandmother as well. Let's get to the verses. Chapter 7 of Matthew, beginning at verse 7. The uh, King James Version, I'll, I'll, I can just quote it from the King James Version. Ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. And I'm going to read this from the New Living in verse 9. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. If So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? When you stop and think about it, and I thought about this, how many times do, do people realize, do we realize what He's saying? Church, how many times do you and I as His children stop and think, well, you know, Lord, if you kind of can see fit, yeah, you know, I'm kind of having a problem, you know. Sometimes we go to God and, and we, I don't know that we do him a disservice, but I kind of think sometimes he'd like to smack us one. Yeah. I say, wake up. Realize who you are. Realize what you have simply because you've made Jesus Savior and Lord of your life. Notice the, the, the deal. He says, ask, that my, the, the New Living says, <clears throat> keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks the door will be open. Now that's not an if thing. Now it has to be done by faith. We, I think we hopefully we realize and understand that that's the, that's the basic. But this is God saying to us, ask. Now, are there some qualifications? Uh, the first qualification I can think of, I believe we find in James, where he says, you have not because you ask not, or because you ask it amiss to consume it on your own lust. Lord, here's my plan. I'll put your stamp on it. Not going to happen. It's his plan. It's his life that you and I enjoy. He is our life. We, I mean, do we now saying it? He's my life. You know, he's my salvation. He's my shield, my sword. You know, he's everything. I owe him everything. I got to singing a song. It's, uh, and my wife says, that sounds like an Italian love song. Well, it's, the music from Oh Solo Mio, and you probably heard it a hundred times on the movies or whatever. But the title of the song, somebody put Christian words to it, it was called Down from His Glory. But it talks about in the chorus, it says, Oh, how I love Him, how I adore Him. My breath, my sunshine, 
my all in all. The great creator became my savior. And all God's fullness dwelleth in him. And I think about this. How many people are getting shortchanged? How many people are allowing the devil to lie to them and tell them, God's out to get you. God's out to just knock you upside the head every time you mess up. No, he's not. If that was the kind of God we served, none of us would be sitting here tonight or standing here. Because God is a good God. He is a good father. He said, told them, he said, if your child comes up, you know, uh, and asks you for uh, a, a loaf of bread, you're going to give them a rock? Yeah, right. What self-respecting parent in their right mind would give their kid a rock when they ask for a loaf of bread? Or if they ask for a fish, you're going to give them a snake? Honey, if you give me a snake, there's going to be a hole in the wall somewhere. Just going to be straight up with you. I'm, I'm out of here. Okay? We may be Pentecostal, but no, we do not handle snakes. The only way I can handle a snake is with a 12-gauge I've got at home. And I will fix them for sure. But you see, we are the children of God. He said, if you, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more? Now, stop a minute. Let's let that marinate in our brain for a minute and marinate in our spirit for a minute, if you don't mind. How much more will your Heavenly Father give good things to those that ask Him? It's his good pleasure. The Bible says it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give us healing. Jesus bought and paid for that with his own blood. It's his good pleasure to give us salvation. It's his good pleasure to make us part of his family. He is out to get you because he wants you to be part of his family. He wants to put his blessings on you. He wants to put his spirit within you to guide you and direct you. He wants to help you in your everyday life. And he will, but we got to let him. We've got to let him. Back in Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, we hear about Satan's little lie to Adam and Eve and to them when he said, Shall you eat, not eat, of the fruit of every tree? Of course, you know the story. Eve says, Well, we, yeah, we, we can, except he said we couldn't eat that tree and we can't even touch it. And God didn't tell them they couldn't touch it. That was probably her own interpretation of if I don't touch it I'm not tempted by it which that's fine the Bible says if your hand offends you cut it off better to go into heaven with only one hand than to go into hell with both of them but she had lived a little bit which she should have said God said not to eat the fruit of that tree but listen to what this, the devil tells her but you understand, God knows that the day you eat of, you will be like him. God's been holding out on you. 
God's not being good to you because he forbid you to eat of that fruit of that one tree. Now, don't you start saying, well, if I had been there, yeah, you'd have probably done the same thing they did. Now, I don't know. The Bible does not tell us how long they'd had their relationship with God. But if you remember, God had told them, I have given you authority over every creature I created. Adam and Eve had the right to tell that snake to shut up and go back in, his, in a hole. They had every right. They had, every, they had the authority from God himself to tell that snake to shut up. They didn't. They started listening to the lie. And Satan has been using that lie from then until now. God is just not a good God. It's too hard to serve him. He requires too much. Excuse me? When God says don't do something, when God says don't commit sin, do you not realize that that's in your best interest? When he says thou shalt not means if you do it, it's going to cause you heartache. It's going to cause you headache. It's going to cause you pain. It's going to cause you discomfort. It's going to cause you more problems than it's worth. Now, I, I, you know, y'all know me well enough. No, I'm, I'm bad about teasing, you know. I'll, I'll tell people that I, I know about his honor as I am. Say, now, you're going to behave this week? And they said, oh, well, I will if you will. Well, there went that. You know. But when God says don't do something, do we not understand him well enough to know that what him when he says stay away from that, it's in my best interest. It's in your best interest. There's people, that lie takes on so many different forms. There's no way in the world I could touch them all. But sometimes people will read something in the Bible. Well, I just don't like that. I don't like a God that would tell me I have to do that. Or I don't have to do that. God's just not fair. Let me tell you, God's as fair as there is on the planet. God is willing to tell you in his word, if you live right, here's the blessings. If you live wrong, here's the cursing. He tells two, two, three, two times, I'm almost sure, that he tells them, he said, Behold, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life. Choose the blessing. Well, I just don't like, well... Sorry, God didn't ask you. It's God's house. It's God's creation. God makes the rules. We need to follow them. Simple. But what I find is, as I serve Him, as I live for Him, as I do my best to obey what He says, I find that it brings blessing. Can I tell you that the greatest blessing of all is being able to sense his spirit? To be able just to sit down somewhere and say, Lord, I just want to say thank you for everything you do. I just want to 
let you know how much I love you and how much I appreciate you. And just begin to praise him. And, and you, know, you don't have to be in church. Could be in Walmart. You, you, who knows? If he starts blessing in the middle of Walmart, uh, it might cause a create a, a commotion. Well, from some of the other commotions that the devil's causing, we need some spirit commotions going on in Walmart. Grocery store. The barber shop. I don't go to the barber shop, but you know. Whatever, the hairdressers, who I, what, wherever we are. But the greatest blessing you and I have is to know that God's presence is always with us. Always inside of us. And when the world tries to get us agitated and upset and irritated, I know my wife's looking at me going, uh-huh, like when you're driving down the road on the interstate. I'm not there yet. But he wants to. He wants to help me stay calm. I, I'm Please, Lord, keep working. I'm, I'm going to get there. But how great a privilege you and I have to have his presence with us always. It won't always feel like it. It won't always feel like it's the greatest thing to happen since, you know, peanut butter and jelly. But to know that he's there always, that nothing happens in our life that he doesn't already know about. Nothing happens in our circumstances that he didn't see coming quite a ways away. Sometimes he prepares us for them. Sometimes he don't. When you look at, oh, my brain can go story after story. Job. Job didn't know what was coming. Had no idea. Abraham had no idea what was coming. God said, get up and go. Okay, sir. Just point me in the right direction. We'll start taking it one step at a time. Look at what happened to them. Look at their lives. Look, look at, I mean, all of those. Go through the Bible and stop and think. Every character, most every character that followed God in the Bible, good things happened in their lives. Bad things did too, but God helped them through them. Okay? When they follow God, when we follow God. And people will say, well, you know, and, and the devil keeps lying. God, God's not it. God's out to get you. God is mean. God's vindictive. Many times have I heard people, and I, I can relate sometimes. It's like, I'm glad I'm not God because if it was me, there'd be some smoking holes in the ground. You're done. But, but God's not that way, is he? If he was, I might have been one of the smoking holes. You see? But his grace and his mercy, his goodness, his trustworthiness, his love, his compassion, his care, his concern, all that he is, is mine because of Jesus. He's a good father. How much more will the father give good things to those that have, to them that ask him? What do we know? God is good love. John 3.16, people, we, we quote it, we quote it, we quote it, but you that is the whole point of what God is doing. 
I don't know that it's probably not the central, the middle verse in the Bible. It doesn't matter to me. To me, John 3.16 is the very focus of God's heartbeat. For God so loved the world. Can we substitute humanity? He created us. He knows us inside and out. He knows what's wrong, Brother Ron, and he knows exactly how to fix it. Cough, go away. Because I'm God, God's going, cough, you got to leave because the cause of that cough is, is healed. The cause of that cough is healed. God so loved humanity that he gave his only begotten son. I, don't ask me to give up one of my girls. Or ask me, well, which one do you want to get rid of? You might wait on a certain day because, you know, some days I've got one that just, hmm, my patience goes, <laughs> and then there's, you know, but I can't pick. I couldn't pick if I wanted to. Why? But God gave his only begotten son. I don't think we really grasp that. It just, you know, there's some things that God does that just staggers our, our ability and our, our ability to comprehend it, our, our ability to understand it. But God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Don't tell me God is mean. If he gave up the one thing that he could not create another one of. Does that make sense? He gave us the one. He can create everything else. He can destroy this universe in a heartbeat and turn right around and make another one just like it. Not a problem. He can create another human race if he wants to. He can take this one all out and create another one if he wanted to. He threatened to. He told Moses, you get back over here and stand out of the way because I'm fixing to annihilate him. Moses said, wait a minute, God, wait, wait just a minute here. If you do that out here in the wilderness, then all of these kingdoms around that are watching you and watching what you're doing for the nation you've called will say, God's not big enough to take care of them. He said, and then Moses makes a very important statement when he says, if you take them out, you take me with them. Because God said, you still here all the way, Moses, I'll, I'll, I'm fixing to let them have it. Nope, nope. If you take them out, you got to take me. You understand? But God took the one thing he cannot replace. His only begotten son, who had sat with him right beside his throne in all of eternity past. He sent him down. We know the story. He came as a baby. He grew up. He became a man. He preached. He gave his life on Calvary. He died, but he rose again. Because he was worthy. He had did. What does he say? I always do the will of my father. And we look at that. But, but he died. 
Yes, he did. But he rose again. And the Bible says that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, and he ever lives to make intercession for his people. It wasn't a great circumstance. It wasn't a great in the middle. But the Apostle Paul writes, he said, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is set down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Why? He endured. Are you going to have to endure life? You bet you. But you know what? God's going to go through it with you. God is going to go through it with you every step of the way. You, he is always going to be there. He is love. What's that? That's our salvation. The first thing, the most important thing to God is your soul, is your spirit man. That's why he sent Jesus to become our Savior. And we know this, we understand this, but I'm trying to get people, maybe hopefully there's people that are listening that have sitting there and have turned their back on God because God's mean and vindictive and God doesn't care. God, you cannot tell me God doesn't care strictly on the basis of John 3.16. Don't tell me God doesn't care about what goes on in your life. Don't try to tell me that God is not concerned about what happens. God is intimately concerned. God knows you better than you know yourself. And he loves you anyway. Let me rephrase that. He loves me anyway. And then some of you are like, oh, yeah, y'all are pretty neat, you know. Now, me, you know, I have my problems. I have my, sometimes I let my anger get in the way, and sometimes I let my big mouth overload the, my little hummingbird behind. But God loves me. I know that. And the thing I know is God loves every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of this earth. For God so loved the world, humanity. Are you human? Does your heart, you have a heartbeat? Is your, are your lungs working fairly decently? You're human. And God loved us so much. I've heard it said this way, and I, I really, I believe it's true. If there had only been one individual on planet Earth that needed salvation, God would have still sent Jesus for one. Jesus said it this way. He said, the good shepherd will leave the 90 and 9 in the sheepfold and go find the one that he's missing. Let me tell you something. If you don't know God, if you don't know Jesus Christ, God's hunting for you. He's out to get you because he wants you as part of his family. Understand that? No, he's not out to make your life miserable. There's only one creature I know of, for lack of a better term. There's only one creature I know of that wants you destroyed, and that's Satan. He's the only one out there that wants your life made miserable and made a mess of and destroyed. Jesus said, The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, and destroy, but I am come that you might have life 
and it more abundantly. Does that sound like a God who doesn't care? Does that sound like a God who's not concerned about what goes on in your life? Now, I really feel like church, and you know, I'm preaching to the choir and I understand that. But I also believe that there's somebody listening. That the devil has lied to them and lied to them and lied to them. And this time they understand that God loves them. God wants you in His family. God wants to see you make heaven your home. And God has done everything He can. He has His Word. Yes, His Word is strict. There are things that God says that we need to do and that we better do. It's not, they're called commandments. They're not suggestions. But Jesus said, if you keep my commandments, then are you my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth. And the truth will make you free. His, his number one primary concern is your soul and you being a part and having a relationship with him through Jesus Christ with the help of the Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, wait a minute. Stop and think about it. Remember what I said a while ago? God can destroy this universe that this earth is a small part of and turn right around and make a brand new one. Just like it. That's a pretty powerful power, for lack of a better word. That's some dynamic power. That's creative power. But Paul says, my God shall supply. Who's he talking? He's talking to those that will follow him. He's talking to those that will serve him day in and day out. My God will supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Understand that God, it, it's nothing's impossible with God. If God can get water out of a rock, you remember on the road from out of the Exodus, they come up and got, they was dry and they was thirsty. God said, Moses, hit the rock. Moses, okay, a wooden staff is not going to split a rock. Remember rock, paper, scissors? A wooden staff is not going to split a rock wide open. But the power of God can. The second time, now Moses didn't obey the second time, but next time, the second time God told him, speak to the rock. No, Moses, I didn't say hit it. Now Moses, God, gave, God went ahead and split the rock and gave them the water they needed. Because they needed water. Because he's that kind of God. Yeah. Cost Moses entrance into the promised land. Yeah. Didn't cost him his relationship with God. How do you know? When Jesus took the three disciples up on the Mount of Transfiguration, who was he talking to? Moses and Elijah. Yeah. No. Was it? Oh, Moses and Elijah. That's right. But he said, these, these are just a few. You go through... I, I dare you. I, I'm just going to do it. I dare you 
to go through God's Word and find the people that followed Him and walked with Him and see where their life wound up and see what God says about them. I mean, I mean, it's full of it. Well, I don't believe it. Well, that's your choice. But you're going to be the one missing out. He's a good father. He's always good. God is good all the time. Some of that, well, it's not fair, you know. God took my grandma. No, God didn't take your grandma. Well, hopefully he did. I mean, hopefully grandma was ready to meet God. But there's a lot of people that are saying, well, you know, if God was so nice, why did he let this happen? Why does he let that happen? God, let me, let me explain something to you that you may be thinking that tonight. God allows us to make choices. And sometimes our choices, a lot of times our choices get us in trouble. And I think a lot of times, and especially for Christians, God, I've done things sometimes and I've kind of felt, eh, I'm not so sure I ought to. I've kind of come to a point where in my mind it's like, like when in doubt, don't. Simple as that. How the, I've learned it the hard way, okay? He said stop, and I kept going. And, it, and I'm, I'm, I can't think of an instance right off the top of my head, but it's times. But it's like, man, I really probably, I wonder if I really should. And I do it, and it's like, um, uh, Lord, uh, I messed up again. Yeah, he goes, I know. But he's faithful, he's merciful, he's gracious. He's good. I believe it's the psalmist who says, don't ask me where, but in the psalms it says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I've tasted and seen. Sister Julie, these songs I've tasted uh, of the sweetest of loves. And I can't remember how the rest of that song goes, but it's one of those talks about Jesus. But always oh, talk about your presence, Lord. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Why? Because that's where I find my greatest satisfaction. That's where I find my greatest comfort and peace. Would you bow your heads with me? Father God, thank you, Lord, that you're a good God, that you are a good, good Father. I thank you, Lord God, for those that are hearing here tonight and Lord those that hopefully they're hearing by uh, way of, of, of the media and I pray Father Lord, that Holy Spirit you will take what we have endeavored to say and help people to realize God wants them God is out to get them but only because he wants them as part of his family Father I pray tonight Lord if there's someone listening right now or listens to this sometime in the future, Father, help them to say this prayer. Help them say, Father God, I need you. I believe you did send your only son to die for me. I believe that Jesus is the way to salvation. I believe that Jesus is the only way to the Father. And I want Jesus to come into my heart 
and into my life. I want Jesus to be Savior and Lord. I want to know that I belong to this good Father. I want to know that I can have a relationship with Him, with Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, guiding and directing me. I give you, Father, my life. Take me as your own. In Jesus' name. I pray that you pray that prayer. You let somebody know. Let a good Christian person that you know, that you're acquainted with, a church you go to, let them know, I made Jesus Savior and Lord of my life. And we can say, thank you, Lord, for souls that have realized he's a good father. Father, I pray for this tonight. Help us, Lord, as your children to not get to the point where we're going, oh, Lord, if you will. Because your word has already said, if we ask according to your word, if we seek according to your word, if we knock according to your word, we'll receive, we'll find, the door will be opened. Thank you, Father God, for being a good father to us. Thank you, Lord God, for keeping us and watching over us and helping us every day of our lives. Lord, help us to go from this place tonight with the reassurance that you are always with us, that you're walking with us from the, from the moment we leave this sanctuary and go our separate ways. You go with us through your spirit. You go with each and every one of us wherever we go, wherever, whatever we are, are, are needing to do or get done or, or wherever we're needing to be. Father, it doesn't matter. You're always there. And we thank you for that. Thank you, Father God. Help us, Lord, to trust you more and realize, Father God, that you are our good Father. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Lord bless you guys for being here tonight.